the passage almost warns you, be careful what you wish for. This is Chapter, Verse, and Season, a lectionary podcast from Yale Bible Study. Join us each week as two Yale Divinity School professors look at an upcoming text from the Revised Common Lectionary. This episode, we have Judith Gundry, research scholar and professor adjunct of New Testament, and Adam Idle, assistant professor of ethics. They're discussing Luke chapter 12, verses 13 through 21, which is appointed for the eighth Sunday after Pentecost, proper 13, in year C. The text is read for you by student Tommy Watson. Luke chapter 12, verses 13 through 21. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Friend, who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to him, Take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly, and he thought to himself, What should I do, for I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you, and the things you have prepared Whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. Jesus says in verse 15, Take heed and beware of all covetousness, for a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Is that what this is all about? Is it simply about covetousness? Well, you know, it's funny because it starts out with a totally different question. It's It starts out with a question, is it fair mm. that I'm not getting half the inheritance? My brother's getting the whole thing. So apparently the man who came to Jesus probably was the younger brother, had an older brother who was destined to get all the inheritance or had gotten all the inheritance and that just didn't seem fair. So it starts out with the question, is it really fair to give all the inheritance to one brother when after all, they're part of the same family? There seems to be a reason, a logical reason to share the inheritance. So how does it turn toward question of covetousness or why does why does Jesus go in that direction? Well, he seems to be indicating that beneath covetousness is a wrong estimation of what human life consists in, what our happiness consists in or our well-being or what the measure of a life 
consistent. And what I was wondering earlier, you know, if we turn back to Luke chapter six, verse 20, where Jesus says, blessed are you poor for yours is the kingdom of God. There's a, there's a kind of inverse relationship here. On the one hand, Jesus is warning against a kind of excessive attachment to material things. And on the other hand, he's actually exhorting his disciples to embrace, it seems, a kind of poverty. I mean, I don't think he, what he's saying is, hey, blessed are you if you happen to be poor. I think that the exhortation of those beatitudes is it's something rather like become poor. And I wonder if what it means here in this passage to be rich toward God is something to do with the kind of poverty that Jesus is inviting his disciples to embrace. I think uh, what's kind of strange is that Jesus won't give a direct answer to the guy. You know, he's not going to, he's not going to get involved in the family squabble, Mm. but he says, who made me a judge or arbiter over you? So he's not going to answer the question. Is it equitable or not for my brother not to share the inheritance with me? He raises the stakes and he seems to be suggesting to this man, I wonder if your real question isn't, am I allowed to amass all the wealth that I want? So it seems to me Jesus is rather pessimistic about this person's motives. And that's why he takes it to this other level by telling the parable, you know, beware against greed, every form of greed. It may look like you're just asking for equity, but in your heart, are you controlled by greed? So he's not, you know, he doesn't say, I don't think it's unfair or I think it's fair. He just says, what's in your heart? Why, why is it that you want more? Yeah. Here in verse 20 of chapter 12, fool, this night your soul is required of you. What you need isn't more bounty. What you need isn't better, bigger barns uh, in which to store everything you've got. What you need is something interior. What needs to be expanded is your heart. There's something missing there. And, and there's, you know, there's, there's real grace in, in Jesus drawing this to, <laughs> to our attention through this parable. We could say there's Death and taxes are for sure, right? <laughs> we're all going to die and we're all going to be taxes. So Jesus kind of puts the guy in front of that fact. You know, here's the fact. You are going to die. And who's, whose wealth will it be that you have stored in your barns? I wonder whether Jesus isn't asking him, well, okay, let's say you won the lottery. So why don't you spend the money? to help other people? Why don't you do something for your society? Instead of, you know, retire early and go live on a beach in Bali, why don't you do something good with your money? Is that 
what he means by being rich toward God. So it's interesting. He doesn't, he doesn't criticize the man who's won the lottery. He just says he's going to die and he's not going to be rich toward God. And you have to do today with your money what you want to be the case when you die. So if I can keep on pressing on this, this is really interesting to me. The character in the, the parable says that this person's a fool. And then there's something very specific. The things you have prepared, whose will they be? As if to say, you know, you can't take that stuff with you. You've stored it up for someone else. Someone else is going to take it. All right. Well, is there some reason here to ask the question or is Jesus pointing to the question? You know, what is there that can't be taken away from you when you die? He then goes on to say, so is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God, implying, I think, that there are some goods, what the tradition, you know, from Plato up through the Middle Ages calls exterior goods or goods of fortune, goods that can be taken or lost. So you asked, what does he mean by being rich toward God? My hunch is that primarily he's talking not about material wealth because it can be lost. It, it, it will inevitably be given to someone else or taken by someone else. But, there are, there, but to be rich toward God would rather mean to be given something by God or come into the possession of something in some way that couldn't be taken away. There's an interesting parallel in Philo in uh, a book that's called On the Contemplative Life. Mm-hmm. It talks about men and women who desire God and to live a life of contemplation. And so they give away their material possessions to their family and, and they go and live in the desert and pray and worship and seek wisdom from God. And I wonder whether that might not be a good parallel, the willingness to leave behind what one has earned through one's hard work or inheritance and is show through one's actions how one desires to, to have that riches that is toward God rather than toward the world. Hmm. Oh, gosh, you're making me want to go and, and read that. The tradition of interpretation that I'm most familiar with, which is it happens to be the medieval interpreters, someone like Thomas Aquinas, for example, will interpret the wealth here or the riches as a reference to the virtues of the soul. And it's for this the same reason. It's his thinking about this is also what informs ancient Stoics, you know, who who come out saying something like, virtue is the only thing that cannot be lost. And so that's what our good must consist in. Right. Famously, Augustine, you know, makes big trouble for for this kind of position. But Someone like Thomas will come along and say, no, the, look at the fruits of the spirit that Paul names in, is it in Galatians? Yes. Yes. 
love, joy, peace, patience, and so on. These are actual qualities of the human heart, things that, that God can give us that, that can't be taken away. Things that can't be taken away and also things that don't corrode from the inside. I think the, the passage almost warns you, be careful what you wish for. You know, if you wish for that inheritance, what's it going to do to you? Make sure that it doesn't make you into someone that you don't want to be. Thanks for listening. And thank you, Professors Gundry and Idol, for talking through some of Luke 12 with us. Remember to rate and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening, and visit our website, YaleBibleStudy.org. Chapter, Verse, and Season is a production of the Center for Continuing Education at Yale Divinity School. It's produced by creator and managing editor Joel Baden, production manager Kelly Morrissey, associate producer Aidan Stoddart, and I'm your host and executive producer, Helena Martin. Katie Stewart did the transcript, and our theme music is by Calvin Linderman. We'll be back with another conversation from chapter, verse, and season.